0: Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. And for those of us who love to study the Bible, today we'll park at Numbers chapter 14, but I'll make reference to Numbers chapter 20. I'll make reference to Numbers chapter 11. I'll also make reference to Deuteronomy chapter 23 and Nehemiah chapter 13, verses 1, 2, and 3. But we park at Numbers chapter 14, because it houses the message that God has for us on today for our exit strategies series. Oh, we gonna hit y'all from every angle. There you'll find words similar to these. Then the whole community, not part, not some, not a few, but the entire community, the Bible says, began weeping aloud. And they cried all night long. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. I need y'all to pay attention. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to bondage? Then they plotted among themselves, let us choose a new leader who will lead us back into bondage. Keep reading. Verse 26, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, this gets good, this gets good. How long must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints about me? Yes, I have heard. I'm going to say that one more time. Yes, I have heard. This is God talking to Moses and Aaron. Yes, I have heard the complaints the Israelites are making against me. Now tell them this. I don't want y'all to miss this. Tell them this. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. You all will drop dead in the wilderness because you complained against me. Every one of you who is 20, don't miss this, who is 20 years old or older, who has been included in the registration will die. Each one of you who is 20 and older, y'all not going to see the promised land. Y'all going to die right here in the wilderness. This, that's what my Bible said. You will not enter and occupy the land that I previously swore to you. Mm. The only exceptions will be Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. You said your children will be carried off as plunder, right? Well, I will bring them safely into the land, and they will enjoy what you have despised. But as for you, you will drop dead in this wilderness, and your children will be like shepherds wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. They're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years because you started complaining. I'm going to cause you to circle in the wilderness and delay the promise over your life because you have the audacity to complain. That's what my Bible says. In this way, they will pay for your faithlessness until the last of you lies dead in the wilderness because your men explored the land for 40 days. You must wander in the wilderness 40 years, a year for each day, suffering the consequences of your sins. Then you will discover what it is like to have me as an enemy. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will certainly do these things to every member of the community who has conspired and complained against me. They will will be destroyed here in the wilderness and here they will die. And all of God's people said together. Online. Amen. Amen. The enemy has waged a tactical assault against the mouth of every believer. And his goal is to get you to inherit and cultivate a spirit of complaining. Because he knows that if you would succumb to the spirit of complaining that he could effectively cause you to thwart, be distracted, and forfeit your purpose. I think I'm talking to myself in here. The enemy has waged an assault against your mouth so that he can get you to begin complaining So that as you complain, you can be distracted and forfeit your purpose. I want to talk to you today. I come all the way from Memphis to talk to you about the temptation specifically dealing with complaining. I know none of y'all have ever complained before. You ain't complained about the weather outside. You ain't complained about the politics. You ain't complained about the high gas prices. You ain't complained about the high food. I know ain't none of y'all complain. I'm just gonna talk to Isaac on today. I traveled all the way here just to talk to me. I'll just do that right now. Complaining, are y'all listening to me? Yes. Is the easiest and yet the most debilitating of bondage a believer can enter. It is the easiest and yet the most debilitating. Complaining, if you're not careful, can be contagious. Do I have a witness? Ah, Let me be clear. A complaint and complaining are not the same. For those of you who are already online saying, I I don't believe it, watch this. A complaint is establishing and articulating that something is deficient in error, not satisfactory or wrong. Complaint. Just establish a complaint. It's okay. I can establish a complaint. I don't like it. This is not right. This is an error. This is deficient. This needs to be fixed. A complaint. But complaining is when you begin to make an idol out of the very thing that you've been, you made a complaint about. Complaining is when you begin to make an idol out of the complaint. You think about it all day, you talk about it all the time. Everywhere you go, you're complaining about that thing, you're talking about that thing. Every time you come into the room, the atmosphere changes because they know that you've been about to talk about that boo who hurt you. When you come into the room, they know you're going to complain because they know you're always complaining. Complaining is when you begin to make an idol out of the complaint. That's, 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 that. Complaining is a disease of the eyes which begins to make your mouth sick. And as your mouth becomes sick, the things that spew from it causes other people and even your life and your power to become sick. If I could establish Pastor J. T. Flowers, if I could establish as a subject for a platform to be able to discuss with you all today, I would call this message, complaining is a curse. You said that word on stage. Complaining is a curse. I came all the way from Memphis because God has revelation for you that I need to provide you so that when you leave out of here, you're more aware of the power of your words and what complaining actually does to your health and your power that God has given you. Complaining is a curse. What is a curse, Reverend Curry? I'm glad you asked. A curse is any word Any declaration, any decree, any pronouncement that is is not in alignment to the power or to the will and the word of God. I'll say it again, more clear or clearer. A curse is any word, any decree, any pronouncement, anything that comes from your mouth that is not in alignment with the word and the will of God. I'll keep on going. Someone said, "Well, I don't believe in curses, and yet you believe in blessings." Amen. Lord bless me. I'll bless you. May the Lord bless you. May God cause your, your your his countenance to fall upon you. May the Lord bless you, bless you, bless you. But you don't believe in curses. Yeah. If you believe that blessings exist, then curses must also exist. If you read your Bible. You will discover that King Manasseh in Second Chronicles, he, he, he was a sorcerer or he, he tangled with sorcerers and he dealt, he cursed, he dealt with curses and he dealt with wizards. All of these things and God was not happy with him. You look at King Saul. He got into a pickle in his life and so he decided that I would consult with a wizard and a witch so that they can help me curse. You you can look in in the New Testament and there's a, a man by the name of Simon who was a sorcerer or a former sorcerer who ended up getting baptized by Philip. Even Paul in Galatians chapter five talks about the works of the flesh and one of those things are a sorcerer or a witch because witches and sorcerers and witches are a part of the word of God. It's true. And usually curses came from the mouth of wizards, witches, warlocks. Don't leave yet. Don't leave on that. He's, he's saying the pastor talking at the side of his face. He's talking about wizards and witches. Bring pastor back. Bring pastor flowers back. Just, 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 just one minute. In the word of God, sorcerers, witches, warlocks, wizards, were usually the ones who gave forth curses. But one thing you have to also recognize is that although curses usually came through them, that it can also be established through the mouth of any believer. Make the turn, Isaac. Some of us are living under curses right now. I remember leaving high school that I had someone who was of authority in the area of education, a teacher who spoke a curse over my life, told me I was not smart. I would not be smart. I I don't know how to talk. I I, I would never speak publicly. I just I don't know how to conjugate verbs. I'm just not smart like the rest of the students. And as a result, I did not take risks. I talked quietly I did not I was never going to write anything public and I wasn't going to speak public either a curse until one day I asked God to lift what someone else spoke over me yeah. Someone said someone said someone said someone said but how is complaining a curse? You ask great questions. I'm gonna tell Pastor Flowers. <laughs> complaining is a curse, number one, because it stands in opposition with the word and the will of God. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna help you, I'm gonna help you, I'm gonna help you. Number one, complaining is a curse because it stands in opposition. To what God has said and God's will. If Galatians chapter 5 says the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, long suffering, patience, meekness, kindness, self control. If fruits of the Spirit is love, peace, joy, long suffering, you can't complain and also have joy. Okay, okay, I'll talk to. I need. I need. I, I know this. I know this messes up your theology. You can't complain and also have peace. You can't have peace but also be filled with the complaining spirit. You cannot be long suffering. I know I'm making somebody uncomfortable online and in person. You cannot have long suffering, Lord. I know you have me here, but I'm going to stick it out as long as you say you can't do that. But also be complaining. It's impossible to be filled with the spirit of God and also be filled with the spirit of complaining. I'm, 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 I'm trying to help somebody. I'm trying to help somebody. Not only is it that, but if you read the word of God, it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, pray, help me somebody, without ceasing. And it says, in everything, do what? Give thanks. Why? Because this is the will of the Lord. Say it again, Isaac. In all things. Not some things, not what you prefer, not what you feel like, but in all things, give thanks. Why? Because it's God's will for you to be thankful. It's impossible to be thankful, but also be filled with complaining. Somebody say, Complaining is a curse. curse. Say it louder. Complaining is a curse. Second reason why complaining is a curse is because it sets things in motion in your life that God never ordained. Complaining will begin to set forth things in your life That was never in God's will. How do you know that? We go back to this text. The Bible says that God heard everything they said. That's what that's what that's what your Bible says. Right. Says I tell them that I heard everything, every word that came out of their mouth. And as a result of what they said, I will do to them the very thing that came out of their mouth. I know that I previously swore to you that I will lead you into the land of of, of Canaan. God promised them that he was going to take them to the land of Canaan. But because they began complaining, God said, I'm going to do to you what you were complaining about. So I know I previously promised you something, But because you are complaining about me, instead of giving you what I was intending to give you, I'm going to give you everything that came out of your mouth. Are y'all? So they themselves were responsible for cursing themselves. It's in the Bible. They were responsible for delaying the prophecy over their life. They were responsible for them not achieving what God had for them. They began to set in motion things in their life that God never desired for them. As a result, you're going to stay here in the wilderness for 40 years until each and every one of you dies off who are 20 and older. That wasn't my plan for you originally, though. Some of us still delayed. I, you know, I had to go there. You know, you know, I gotta go there. Some of us are in a season called stuck. Some of us are delayed, blaming everyone else. But could it be you're going in circles? Could it be you're in a delayed season? Could it be you're in a season called stuck because of the words that came out of your own mouth? Look at your neighbor and say, stop complaining. Look at the other one. The other one needs to hear you say, stop complaining. The third reason. Why? Because ha- in order for me to give you the remedy of how you can exit this, 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 this temptation, this, this season of complaining, I got to convince you first that complaining is not of the Lord. The spirit of complaining sets things in motion that God never ordained for you. Do some, some, anybody have any friends, anybody y'all know, any friend of a friend of a friend, somebody to work on your job that all they do is complain? I know, I know they're not next to you. I know that they don't go to church with you. I know they're not in a relationship with you. I know you're not married to them. I know it's not your mom or your dad or your boo. I mean, all they do is complain. Number three, complaining is a curse because it's not life-giving. It's not life-giving. When I say it's not life-giving, did you know that complaining raises your cortisol levels? When you complain, it's not good for you emotionally, physically, spiritually. It's actually bad for you. And when it raises your cortisol levels, for those of you who love the biology and all those things, it then makes you a little bit more suspect to depression, to heart disease, and to many other health issues. Complaining is not, I hope somebody online is being helped. Are y'all being helped? Complaining is not life giving. And when your cortisol levels, which is a stress hormone, when you complain, it releases these stress hormones into, there was a study in 1996 by Stanford University, and they concluded that people in a, an average conversation will complain once per minute. You can go check it out yourself. It, it, it. They complain, they, they concluded that 30 minutes of complaining is just as harmful on you as smoking oh I got something else for you though not only is 30 minutes of complaining just as harmful as smoking you do know that when you smoke and people are around you there's something that we call help me oh look at look look at y'all they call it secondhand smoke And so what they concluded in this study, Stanford University in 1996, is that not only is 30 minutes of complaining as harmful on you as as smoking, but they also concluded that listening, (laughs) I can leave right now, I could just close my, get back on the airplane, get back to Memphis. Somebody already sitting in front of the computer like, I don't complain. That's not my issue. Okay, let me come to your street then. (laughs) Sitting around someone who all they do is complain and you hear it is what you call secondhand complaining. And secondhand complaining is what I phrased it, is what I coined It's just as bad, according to the study, secondhand smoking. Look at your neighbor and say, stop complaining. complaining. This study concluded one more thing. And I still got got something to to, to give you. That the more you complain, it rewires your brain so that complaining becomes easier. Can can, can y'all believe that? Because your brain functions off of efficiency. So why would it keep bridging this to make a complaint? It's just going to keep the bridge there. So now when you get ready to open your mouth, it's more than likely you're going to say something negative than you are positive. Ah, that's that's. ah. Will Bowen, Will Bowen wrote a book, A Complaint-Free World, and he concluded that the average person complains 15 to 30 times a day. 15 to 30 times a day we all going to complain. Okay, I got you. So here, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. Complaining is a curse. I'll help you, let me see see if I could, let me see if I can make this make a little more sense. Some of y'all are probably wondering, what is pastor doing? What I'm doing right now, those who are online, those who are in person, I'm erecting me an altar. This is my altar, and inside this altar are my complaints. And every time I complain, I just go ahead and worship at the altar of my complaints. So this is my altar, and I'm worshiping at the altar of my complaints. You know what the altar there was there was one complaint that I always had is because I was single all the way up until my late 30s. And my idol was marriage, which then made my complaint my singleness. Lord, I'm tired of being single. Why am I marrying everybody else who, 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 who I've been pastoring and I'm just the only one still single? Did I do something wrong? I'm just tired of being single. I'm ready to be married. And marriage became the idol, but my complaint became my singleness. I talk to myself because I know none of y'all complaining about your singleness. You ain't even trying to be married. I, I get it. This was my complaint. Keep talking, Isaac. Keep talking. And everywhere I went... I took my altar with me and everywhere I went, I erected an altar so I can complain. At work, I'm going to erect my altar, it's chained to me so everywhere I go, I'm talking to somebody else, everywhere I go, I'm complaining. But then some of us, some of us, some of us, I know, I'll I'll make this make sense. Some of y'all, y'all don't just have one complaint. See, your complaints are sophisticated. See, I'm complaining about my job. I'm complaining about my marriage. I'm complaining about the high gas prices. If, if I get into a relationship, he too, he's too clingy. And if I get to another relationship where well, he too busy, you're just complaining about everything. Everything, I'm complaining about my health. I'm, I'm, I'm complaining about what daddy did to me when I was five years old. I'm complain- I'm still I'm 45 years old and I'm still complaining about what my mama said to me because I don't know how to forgive. And so I got all these complaints. And so many of us in here right now, and those online, I'm just gonna talk to you right now. You ain't got to say nothing. I'm just gonna talk to you. Because you have your own altar with all of your complaints and every single day all you do is just worship at the altar of your complaints. Somebody shout, stop complaining. complaining. You need to shout one more time, "Stop stop complaining. There's some people online right now convicted. There's some people right now convicted because you don't just have one complaint. You have many of them. Complaining about everything. You know, the thing that's so powerful about the Israelites is when you study them, they complained at every critical juncture in their lives. Before they crossed the Red Sea, they complained because they were afraid. Oh, no, this is not going to work. We're we going to die when they crossed the Red Sea. They complained because they were hungry. When they got to Mount Sinai, they complained because Moses was taking too long. And now they now they over there. They're, they're looking at the land of Canaan. They see the giants. They're complaining because they don't want to fight the giants. Every juncture in their lives, they complained. And just like many of us, you ain't got to say amen. Every season, it's too hot outside. The spring comes, man, my allergy is too bad. The winter comes, man, it's too cold. Every season of the year, you got something to complain about. Reverend, they don't want to talk to you. You're just going to have to talk to your own self. Complaining is three things. I need to help you. I need to help you here. Complaining is three things. Somebody say three things. Three. First. Complaining is more generational than it is situational. I came here to preach a word, so I ain't leaving until the word preached. Complaining is more generational than it is situational. Well, prove that to me, Pastor Curry. If you tiptoe through the tulips and get to Numbers chapter 20, you will discover one thing. The Israelites are complaining again. It says in chapter 20 of Numbers, verses one through five, in the first month of the year, the whole community, not part, not some, not a little. But the Bible says in the first month of the year, the whole community of Israel arrived in the wilderness of Zen and camped at Kadesh. While they were there, Miriam died and was buried. There was no water for the people to drink at that place. So they rebelled, complained, Moses and Aaron. The people blamed Moses and said, if only we Had died. Isn't that a similar complaint as Numbers chapter 14? If only we had died in the wilderness. And it keeps on reading. Somebody said, Well, what's your point? Go back over to Numbers chapter 14. God did say, Y'all gonna stay here. And everybody 20 and up. They gon' they gonna die. This ain't the same chapter. This ain't the same moment. This ain't the same year. Because when we get over to Numbers chapter 20, that's not the same people complaining. Y'all are catch it, y'all will catch it, y'all will catch it. In Numbers chapter 20, it's not the same people complaining in Numbers chapter 14. The people in Numbers 20 are the children of those who are complaining in Numbers chapter 14. Are are y'all with me? Make it make it plain. It's the children who heard their parents complaining who have now developed the ability to complain just like their parents. Chapter 20, we should have just died in just the wilderness. They complaining. Numbers chapter 20. It's generational more than it is situational. We think we just complain about one thing, just this one thing. No, no, no. Many times we complain and it's a learned behavior. Many of us complain because we learned. Some of us are effective at complaining. Some of us can complain, got the right words, the right tone, just everything. The word, the verb, the subject agreement, everything is just perfect. You just know how to complain. It's almost as if you went to school to learn how to complain. But these Israelites in chapter 20 are repeating the behavior of their parents. Second thing we learn about complaining. Complaining is more communal than it is Individual. Complaining is contagious, and you hardly will see one person complaining alone. Because usually what happens is that complaint becomes contagious, and then someone else complains, and now you have an entire choir complaining. The text in Numbers chapter 14 says their voices did what? They rose in a chorus. A choir Did, Does that not bother somebody? Their complaints rose in a chorus which meant they were in sync Chorus requires choreography Choreography requires practice Practice produces habits help me somebody Habits develop habitats. Habitats create lifestyles. And lifestyles create homes to live in. When complaining begins to feel like home to you, you don't even realize you're complaining anymore. Some of us sitting right now like this, this message, this message is not relevant for me because I don't really complain. Ask someone who loves you. Do you complain? And then you'll realize the reason why this message wasn't relevant for you, because you were the one who complained so much that you forget that you're actually complaining. It's my personality. Third thing, Third thing is complaining is more spiritual than it is natural. I'll keep this simple. Believe it or not, complaining is not about what's happening in the natural. Complaining is about what's not happening in the spiritual. I'll make it make sense. I'm going to say it one more time that I'll make it make sense. Complaining is really not about the high gas prices. Complaining is not really about the fact that your marriage is in shambles or challenging. It's not about your health, but it is about the fact that you're not going to war in the spirit. It is about the fact that you're not praying like you need to. Pray without ceasing, give thanks in all things. So when your relationship, your fellowship with God is not where it needs to be, I hope somebody online is receiving this word, then it becomes easier to lob a complaint in the air. But when I've been spending time with the Lord, when I've gone to the Lord in prayer, then I don't really need to do a whole lot of complaining. If your words reach the ears of someone else before it reaches the throne, it's likely going to result in a complaint. With whatever is going wrong when you wake up in the morning, if you dare talk to somebody else, call somebody else, text somebody else, talk to somebody else on social media before, pray before you post. How about that? I, I make, make it easier. Before you post, Lord, I, I lift my hand to the old, no other help I know. If I should withdraw from you, no help do I know. Then all of a sudden, I don't need to post that. Amen. Keep talking, keep talking. I, I, let me give you this, let me give you this, let me give you this. Remember, their delay was because of their own words. Their own cursing, their own complaint. We should just die here. It ain't going to ever get any better. I'm just a realist. I'm not pessimistic. I'm just a realist. I just go ahead and tell you how it's going to be. I already know he going to cheat. I already know he ain't no good. I already know this relationship ain't going to work. All of that complaining, and you wonder why the relationship didn't work? Yo, You are prophetic. If you can learn, That there are power in your words because it usually results, your complaining results in a lack of trust in who God is and what God is doing. Your complaining is a lack in belief that your words are actually powerful. Because if you truly believe that your words are prophetic, you will be very careful with what comes from your lips. I'm just don't tell you the truth. Somebody, nobody else gonna tell you. I just tell you the truth. So let me give this to you so I can bid you all a good afternoon, a good morning, good evening where you are in the, in the globe. God brought them from Egypt. Somebody said delivered. delivered. He brought them from Egypt because he wanted to deliver them. And God knew that deliverance is not only about proximity. Because I can deliver you from Egypt and you can still worship Pharaoh. Some of us have been delivered but we haven't been healed of the thing we've been delivered from and because you haven't experienced healing of the thing that God delivered you from you end back up in bondage. So God brings them from Egypt and then God did three things Because God knew, if I'm going to get you to where I have for you in Canaan, there are three things he didn't tell them, but there's three things that God did. Because you want to know, how do I exit this season? How do I cure myself of this complaining spirit? How can I, what, what can I do about this, Pastor, in our series, Exit Strategies? The first thing that God did is very powerful. When he brought them out of Egypt, you know what he did? God changed their diet. You don't want to hear this, but I got to give it to you. The first thing that God did, this is why you need Exodus chapter 16, because God placed them on a man meal plan. Exodus chapter 16, they were complaining I'm hungry. I'm hungry. We don't want to be here. We're going to die in in the wilderness. And then God in Exodus chapter 16 said, okay, this is what I need you to do. I need you to eat only two times a day. In the morning, I need you to eat a small portion of bread. And in the evening, I need you to eat a small portion of this meat from quail. You can't eat in between and you can't eat more than you want. You have to have a portion that is suitable for you, two times. This is what you call an intermittent fast. It wasn't created by somebody else, it was created in Exodus chapter 16. And so then in Exodus chapter 16, they were introduced to manna. If I'm going to get you to where I want you to be, I have to get you to change your diet. Why do I need to change my diet? If you look at Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse three, God says something absolutely powerful. Look at it on your own time. He lets them know in Deuteronomy before Joshua, the book of Joshua ever comes. He said, the reason that I brought you into the wilderness is to cause you to hunger and to feed you with manna so that you know that you won't just survive on food but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Make it make sense, Isaac. Make it make sense. Because God knew what will cure you of a spirit of complaining is learning how to fast, is changing your diet because I need you to learn how to trust in my word more than you trust in what you see. The entire purpose of God shifting their diet was so that they could change their attitude so that they would begin to trust him more. So what is God saying? The foundation of your complaining is a lack of trust in me. Therefore, I got to shift your diet so that I can cause you to fast so that you can learn that I can trust Every word that comes from the word of God and that if I can't see the hand of God, I can trust his heart. The second thing he does, and I'm I'm almost finished, I'm almost finished. Is that he required them to change their alignments. To change their alignments. To change their associations. To change who they were hanging around. Deuteronomy chapter 23, God said, I don't need you to enter into worship with the Ammonites. I don't need you to enter into worship with what we call the mixed multitude. Because when you start hanging with people who are not in alignment with my word, it causes you to act different. That's why on your own time, you got to read Numbers chapter 11, because the Bible says in Numbers chapter 11, the very first verse. They were in their man and meal plan. They were, they were doing what they needed to do. They were obeying God. Then all of a sudden, the mixed multitude came in association with them. You can read the text yourself. And the Bible says the people from the mixed multitude started to complain about Egypt and missing Egypt. And then all of a sudden, the Bible says the Israelites started to complain. And now the Israelites started to complain, and that angered God. And God gave them all the food that they wanted and then caused them to die because they succumbed to their appetite because they their alignments. It was their alignments that caused them to start complaining. Some of us hanging around people. The reason why you're complaining because the people around you complaining. And when you're hanging around them and all of a sudden you take your eyes off God and what you were doing, you were fine until you got around The last thing, bid your farewell. He required them to change their mindsets. I'm going to need you to change your mind. If you're going to stop complaining, I need you to change your mind. If you keep looking at Deuteronomy chapter 8, you get around verse 11. God says something powerful. God says, I need you to remember what I did for you. Look at your neighbor and say, don't forget. Look at somebody else and say, don't forget. If you're going to be healed of the spirit of complaining, you have to remember what God already did for you. This is what he said. He says, you're about to go into the land flowing with milk and honey. But whatever you do, do not forget how I brought you out of Egypt. Do not forget how I helped you out of the hand of Pharaoh. Do not forget how I gave you water from a rock. Do not forget all of the things I did for you because if you forget, this is what God says, you will ultimately perish. You got to change your mind. Because here's the thing, when you enter into the wilderness, the very first thing that leaves is your mind. Your mind is the very first thing to leave. When you enter into the wilderness, your mind begins to leave. And when your mind leaves, you lose your seek. And the thing that many of us need to do even today is you need to find your seek. You lost your seek, seeking the Lord. I'm not seeking the Lord the way I used to. And, And the first thing to go is your seek. And how you do that is you remember. And the only way you remember is if you recall often, you talk about it to others and you write it down. What has God done for you? I'll give you 10 seconds to tell one person something God did for you. hold on, I'm I'm, I'm gonna count down to three. I'm gonna count up to three. Then I want you, I'm gonna spend 10 seconds, one thing that God has done for you. This is how we cure ourselves from a spirit of complaining. The problem is you don't talk to nobody about what God did for you. You forgot because you ain't wrote it down anywhere. You don't talk, I'm too shy, I'm too bashful. You'll forget. I'm going to count to three. Tell one person something that God did for you. One, two, three. Online. Type something that God has done for you. I don't care where you are, I don't care what it is. What is one thing that God done for you? He gave me a child when they said I wouldn't have. A child. Look at somebody else. What is one thing that God has done for you? Let us stand all over this building.